Hello, listeners, and welcome to the first of two Valentine's Day specials for Second Take Cinema. Today, we travel back to 2004, where I have finally seen a film that has been recommended to me many, 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 many times before, and somehow I missed it. So join us on a very special episode as we give a second take to The Notebook. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a very special episode today. An episode I'd like to subtitle, Rory is a Hypocrite. <laughs> okay. Directed by Nick Cassavetes and based on a f- novel by Nicholas Sparks, the film stars Rachel McAdams, Ryan Gosling, James Garner, Gina Rowlands, and James Marsden. It was made in 2004 for a budget of $29 million, and it made $117.8 million. It is regarded as a cult classic. It has a 53% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. The website's critical consensus reads, It's hard not to admire its unabashed sentimentality, but the notebook is too clumsily manipulative to rise above its melodramatic clichés. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times praised the film, awarding it three and a half stars out of four, calling the photography striking in its rich, saturated effects, and stating that the actors are blessed by good material. Peter Lowry of Film Threat, that's a weird name, isn't it? Film Threat. (laughs) We're gonna kill you with film. So, are we threatening the film, or are we filming a threat? Like, what are we doing here? Do we think Peter Lowry of Film Threat gave the film three and a half stars out of five, praising the performances of both Gosling and McAdams. He wrote, "Gosling and especially McAdams give all-star performances, doing just enough to hand the reins over to the pros, who take what's left of the film and finish the audience off with some touching scenes that don't leave a dry ha- dry eye in the house." About the film itself, he added, Overall, The Notebook is a surprisingly good film that manages to succeed where many other chick flicks like rom- chick flick-like romances fail. Stephen Holden of the New York Times gave the film a positive review, stating that the scenes between the young lovers confronting adult authority have the same seething tension and lurking hysteria that the young Warren Beatty and Natalie Wood brought more than 40 years ago to their roles in Splendour in the Grass. I've never heard of that. No. Hmm. 
Uh, Anne Hornaday from the Washington Post also gave the film a positive review, praising both Gosling and McAdams, stating, Never mind that McAdams and Gosling don't for a minute call to mind 1940s America. They're both suitably attracting and appealing. Gosling, who delivered a searing and largely unseen screen debut performance in the 2001 drama The Believer, is particularly (laughs) convincing as a young man who charms his way past a girl's strongest defences. Don't phrase it that way. That sounds... That sounds... Sounds rapey. Yeah, that doesn't sound like the romance of the film, does it? Jeez. No. About the film, she added, audiences craving big, gooey, over-the-top romance have their must-see summer movie in the notebook. Gooey. Just get some contrasting... Wesley Morris of the Boston Globe gave the film two and a half stars, praising the performance of the cast members, writing about McAdams that she's soulfully committed to the suds in the story and fiercely attentive to the other actors. He added about Gosling, Gosling is adept at playing sociopaths and intense brooders, and there's reason to think early on that Noah might be similarly off as when he threatens to drop from a Ferris wheel unless Ali agrees to go on a date with him. About the film he wrote, considering the sunny, relatively pleasurable romantic business that precedes it, the elderly stuff seems dark, morbid, and forced upon us. Jessica Winter of The Village Voice gave the film a mixed review, stating, Amid the sticky-sweet swamp of Jeremy Levin's script, Rollins and Garner emerge spotless and beatific, lending a magnanimous credibility to their scenes together. These two old pros slice cleanly through the thicket of sap-weeping dialogue and contrivance, locating the terror and desolation wrought by the cruel betrayals of a failing mind. Jesus Christ, that person should be a writer. Robert Kohler of Variety also gave the film a mixed review. He, however, praised the performances, writing that already one of the most intriguing young thesps, Gosling extends his range to pure romance without sacrificing a bit of his naturally subversive qualities, and even seems comfortable looking beautiful in a manly American way. The head-turner is McAdams, doing such a different performance from her top bitch in Mean Girls that it's hard to tell it's the same actor. I'm shocked that it's the same year. I did not realise it was the same year. Yeah, I mean, it's a a very different type of performance. Or completely different. Yeah. She skillfully carries much of the film's emotional weight with a free and easy manner. In June 2010, Entertainment Weekly included Ali and Noah in its list of the 100 greatest characters of the last 20 years. The periodical listed The Notebook in their 25 sexiest movies ever, and Us Weekly included the film in its list of the 30 most romantic movies of all time. Um, There was, in 2015, a television adaptation announced, but it never turned up. There's no point. Um, (laughs) There's just no point. Yeah, it never turned up. And then they did a stage musical. Oh, in August 2023, it was announced the show would be opening on Broadway in spring 2024. So that's still to come this year. The early reviews of it are surprisingly good. Okay, so we're about to talk about this here film. But before we do that, it's time to test Rostifer's knowledge. So today, I'm not going to lie, I couldn't find a theme to base the questions around this time. So this is more What are a... the wettest, gooiest films? Well, I did think, I did think, but I thought there was no way in hell you would know them. No. Because even I didn't know most of them. I did consider getting you to name all 11 Nicholas Sparks films. Who's Nicholas? 
the writer of the book. Oh. Eleven of his books have been adapted into film. But even I had not heard of most of them. Yeah. And I like romance movies. I don't know who Nicholas Sparkis is, so... Yeah. So instead, these are some more general questions, all based around the two leading actors. Okay. So they're all about Gosling or McAdams. Okay. Pretty much. And I will know more Gosling than I will Adams. So question one and two are the same question, because there's two answers. Okay. Ryan Gosling has been nominated for Best Actor twice. Uh, both, and both times were ten years apart, exactly ten years apart. Which two films was he nominated for? Nominate what for Best Actor? Yeah, Blade and Runner twenty forty nine. That, you think that's one of them? I think that's one of them. Okay, and then they were ten years apart, so the other one must be ten years before that. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with Blade Runner. Um, I may not know his other one. You know what? I'm gonna stick. With, <laughs> I'm gonna stick with the Notebook first, even though I think it's one hundred percent wrong. Uh, I'll playing do... your odds, aren't you? Because then if you're wrong about Blade Runner, it could still be The Notebook. Yeah, basically. The first one is from 2007. Okay. Half Nelson. <laughs> yeah. And the second one, I'm afraid, is not Blade Runner. It is 2017's La La Land. Oh, I didn't know he was in it. Okay. Isn't that Bradley Cooper? No. No, you did this the other day on the quiz. No, A Star is Born is Bradley Cooper and Lady oh, Gaga. It's, it's f- La La Land is Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. You made this mistake the other They're day. They're both dancing. That's very fil- interesting. They're, honestly, I cannot differentiate the two. They are completely different when we watch them. For which fits so Rachel McAdams has only ever been nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Right. What film was she nominated for? I'm going to guess that's Mean Girls. No, oh, come on, be reasonable. You don't get nominated at the Oscars for a film like Mean Girls. It's a great film. I love it, but it's not Oscar. It's not an Oscar film. I don't think it was The Notebook. It wasn't. I'll give you a hint. It was in 2016, and it's a film where she plays a journalist, and it's a one-word title. I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about McAdams' career. Career. Um, you may not like this quiz then because there's a lot of McAdams career questions going on. Yeah, basically, <laughs> I, I'll answer Mean Girls to all McAdams questions. Right. Uh, no, so 2016, she plays a journalist, Annie. <laughs> it's Spotlight. Fucking no way I was going to guess that. Next question <clears throat> Ryan Gosling yeah. played Neil Armstrong. Did he? In which film? <laughs> the did he probably says I got yeah. fucking clue. It, it, it was only a few years ago. It was about 2017 or 2018. It's a film about Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. It's directed by Damien Chazelle, I believe. The World's Loneliest Man? First Man. Yeah. This film, what, although it didn't win Oscars, this film won a prestigious MTV Movie Award. Oh, <laughs> everyone knows that MTV is all about film. For Best Kiss. What film franchise won that award, Best Kiss, four consecutive years in a row from 2009 to 2012? It's Twilight. It's Twilight, well done. Four years in a row. Some fucking burk. Is that, was that the MTV award you said? When yeah. It, yeah. Also, well, that's why it doesn't count. Also, nuts. by the way, you've got to get at least one of the questions right because... Let's be honest, a bit of a slight on you if the only question you got right is the one about Twilight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Next question, and this is the last one about MTV Movie Awards <laughs> and kissing. The sterling, the, You'll like, be able the to diamond this. standard of movie making. Oh, yeah. You'll be able to work this one out, too. Mm. 
So that same award, Best Kiss, which two actors won that award for an iconic superhero movie kiss? Oh, God. It's going to be Tobey Maguire and Mary Antoinette, whatever her name is. Uh, (laughs) Mary Jane, Kate and Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it to you. It's Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. For? Kirsten Dunst for Spider-Man. The kissing upside upside down down in the rain. Yeah. That is, to be fair, that is an iconic kiss. Basically, the way you win this award is you kiss in the rain. Yeah. Noah and Ali kissed in the rain. Peter Parker and Did Mary Jane kissed in the rain. Did they win the MTV Best Kiss Award? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why it? I asked those questions. Uh, I, didn't, I, see. I didn't just randomly turn around and be like, well, let's just randomly ask an MTV Movie <laughs> Award question. Right, so whenever we make a film where anyone kisses... And, in the rain. Should we do it as a mum, as, as a, a mum and son, though? Oh, I'm not... <laughs> Hey, according to search categories on, on Pornhub, people would love that. Oh, no, that's disgusting. Um, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's ends with people kissing in the rain as well. Uh, yeah, MTV okay. didn't exist back then, though, unfortunately. So there's only one more question left, because much like the first question, where it was two questions worth, the next four questions are all the same question. Right. You may not know this, but there's actually a funny thing with Rachel McAdams' career right. that happened purely by accident. And it's a really interesting thing to have happened just by accident. <laughs> what Name those four interesting things. <laughs> Rachel McAdams has appeared in four time travel movies, but is never the character that gets to time travel. What, so it's actual time? Not like this where this time jumps back and forth. No, no, I mean people travel. travel in time. Right. She is in four of them, Jeez. but she is never, literally all within the space of about, six years of each other wow but she is never the one who gets to do the time traveling name those four films and i'm guessing they're not connected they're just four no, random films. they are four random films it's insane at one point it was like she was doing it on purpose <laughs> it was literally every literally i think she, i think, so I think like, do you want to do this one rachel no there's no time I, traveling that that i'm not involved i, I in. think three of them came out in a row I it honestly was like she's deliberately only doing time travel movies, <laughs> but only if she's not time traveling. I, I thought she was trying to subtly hint that she was going to be the first female Doctor Who. I mean, to be fair, it'd <laughs> it be a good way better. to come out, wouldn't it? Just be like, yeah. "Hey, um, right, God, name these four films." I'm going to be honest; I won't know them, so I'm going to take some random pot shots. At... I Do can you... give some hints if you want. Can you give me a hint as to the years? Okay, the first one. Came out in 2009. Right. Do you want all the dates first? Yeah, sure. The second one came out in 2011. The next one in 2013. And the last one in 2016. I'm going to be honest, I don't think I know this one. I don't. I honestly do not know it. No, can't even take a stab. I I wouldn't. I'm trying to think of time travel movies 2009, but Eric Banner's in it. It's very interesting, isn't it, how people's different consumption of media affects like their knowledge as well. Yeah. Because like to me, I thought this was a film everyone knew existed. Star Trek 2009. It's got Eric Banner. But then you've, <laughs> but I know you've got, got films it. that you think everyone knows exists. Exists, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to skip that one. The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh bollocks! Sounds. Isn't that a remake? No, it's based on a book. Uh, and it's very interesting. It sounds good. Basically, he plays a man who has the ability to time travel, but the catch is he can't control it. It just happens. Right. 
Um, he can only time travel, if I remember right, he can only time travel along his own timeline, so he can't go to, like, the Roman age or something. Yeah, it's only his own lifespan. But he just can't live a normal life. He just bounces back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the next one is 2011. Yep. Her co-star in this is Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow. And it is directed by a dodgy character, Mr. Woody Allen. Oh. And it has the name of a... It's a three-word title. Mm. And the last word is the name of a popular European city. Yeah, I can't even guess this one. Midnight in Paris. Oh. Okay, last one. Uh, sorry, third one. This is a 2013 film directed by Richard Curtis. So this one's a British film. Right. She's the only American in it, if I remember right. Yeah, okay. It's a British film directed by Richard Curtis, mm. most well-known for being the director of Love Actually. Yep. Um, and he also did a very good episode of Doctor Who called Vincent and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Her co-stars in this are Domhnall Gleeson and Bill Nye. I don't know it. About time. <laughs> Last one. I was one. never going to guess that. You've got a chance of getting this one, I think. 2016. Mm-hmm. Directed by Scott Derrickson. Part of a very large, very popular media franchise that absolutely do- it basically has dominated film for the last decade. What the franchise has? The franchise has. And this film is part of the franchise. It's been the biggest film franchise of the last 10 years. Because the biggest thing in the last 10 years is going to be the MCU. It is an MCU movie. Now, I'm not going to tell oh! you. Oh! No, wait, what year was it? 2013? 2016. Oh, it's way too late. I'm not going to tell you who her main co-star is, because that will give it away. But other actors in the film are Tilda Swinton, Mm. Benjamin Bratt. I thought you were going to say Benjamin Button. Benedict Wong, and Mads Mikkelsen. And that might give it away, Mads Mikkelsen. It It might do. It will not. Uh... And Chiwetel Ejiofer. Who we saw in the pod generation. Oh! Yeah, still don't know him from MCU. <laughs> it's really annoying, because if I told you the main guy, you'd know it. Yeah, but only because... But I be like, know... say, it'd be like saying Robert Downey Jr. You'd be like, Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, so it's Robert Downey Jr. It's no, not. It's... <laughs> but no, that's the point, isn't it? It's like... It... MC... I can't... Oh, okay. You could, you probably can work out, of all the Avengers you've even just passingly heard of, well, the only one which who... one's most likely to time travel? Well, the thing is, my first guess would have been bloody um, Captain America. Right. But he only travels one way once. Yeah, that's more he gets cryogenically frozen. Yeah. The only other one would be Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is correct. <laughs> well done. Oh, the thing is, most of he what has... I know about Doctor Strange is he goes through dimensions, not time. He has the time stone, and at the end of the film, the way he defeats the villain is by trap by trapping himself and the villain in a time loop. So right. he consistently travels through time. Right. She plays the main love interest of Doctor Strange. Right. So well done, you got one. Which puts your total on two. <laughs> for this which is up to three. three. Oh, okay. Because you, you got Doctor Strange and and you got the two MTV movie award kissers. So what what the lesson here, audience, is that Rory is a keen supporter of the MTV movie awards, particularly their best kiss category. In fact, I think he might be the judge who assigns the award. I mean, you just love them Twilight movies, don't you? Twilight is probably the greatest franchise ever conceived. Yeah, 
no, <laughs> no. no to be spoken f- here. To be fair, the only thing I've ever watched on MTV. Bear in mind, by the time I had access to MTV, it was like long past the time where it actually was music television. Mm. It was already like just crap. You know, yeah. when it's like they just produce crap now, basically. Oh, it's just reality shows. Yeah, that's what I mean. Crap. We'll be right back after these commercials. Rory, you put this in the in the hat. Why did you want to review the notebook? Well, you said we had to do some romance stuff for Valentine's Day, yep. of course. I haven't seen many romance films, as would probably be very indicative by uh, the quiz you just gave me. <laughs> My knowledge of romance films is basically through the toilet. Mm. Um, but uh, this is one I had seen, one I had enjoyed, um, and I. Th- I haven't seen it in years. I've only ever seen it the once. With an ex, it was very romantic. We both cried. It was a, you know, a wonderful, you know, rom not rom-com, it's just a romance film. Romance drama experience. There is a few elements in this that strike well with me, mm-hmm. um, from what I remembered, and they, to be fair, they did this time as well. So I figured, you know, if I'm going to introduce something on this, I, I, the notebook might be the more interesting one to go for. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, my go-to rom-com is actually The Proposal. Uh, Sandy B and Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Before he, before he got stuck in Deadpool gear. Yes. Um, that's my favourite, mm-hmm. but it's obviously a comedy, whereas this is more of a drama. Right. So, yeah, out of the two, this is this might be more interesting to discuss than The Proposal. Right. Because The Proposal, haha, it's funny, and there's some bits we can discuss... But this has a lot more, I don't want to say the word artistry because that sounds really wanky. Yeah, but there, there is more to discuss, I think, in okay. terms of the narrative. Okay. Um, do you remember roughly when you first saw this? Was it like when it came out or was no. it later than that? It was later. It would probably be about 10 years ago. So you just saw it at home sort of thing. Yeah, when it popped up on Netflix at some point, uh, like early 2010s. Okay. Yeah, it, w- it wouldn't have been like a, 2004, I'd. Wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't have been going to the cinema at that time with a girl. Here's what I didn't know about the notebook before we started. <laughs> I didn't know it was a period piece. Yes. I had no idea it was set back in the past. Mm. I thought it was set modern day. All this time, all these years, I know I knew literally two things about the notebook. That it had a guy called Noah and a girl called Ali. I knew that. I knew they kissed at some point, and I knew they kissed in the rain. Yep. That was it. Yeah, we don't really know what the time frame is in the quote-unquote present time with the two older versions of them. Yeah. Um, but even then, like, it, if this was set in... I mean, that could be well, the present day of 2002. Yeah, yeah, if that could be the present of 2004, to be fair. Could be. Because if he was 20 when he fought in World War Two, when that ended was 1944, 1945. 45. Yeah, so that would have been 60 years later. He could have been... They could have been in their 80s. Yeah, is a potential. Yeah. Um. So it, it, it. But realistically, it probably would have been set eighties, nineties. Yeah. But there's not. There's not really any huge major cues to give yeah. away when that is obviously, as you say, the yeah. bit in the past during World War Two that's very much set in yeah. stone as to when that is. Um, I'm gonna get this out of the way early on. Yep. Little uncomfortable, and I was a little unsure where this was set until World War Two turned up, because set in the south. Yep. And did you notice the race of all the help? Yes. And I'm not going to lie, I had a bit where I sat there going, 
for these slaves? Is this a slave thing? Well, the 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 black um, help in the film. Oh, then again, I've just remembered it's America, isn't it? America didn't have the civil rights movement wasn't till the sixties, was it? That's in America, right. yeah. So they wouldn't have been slaves, but they would have basically been free people that had no alternative but to continue doing the jobs that yeah. they had done prior. Um, Very uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, it's... to be fair, it's, it's suggestive of her family specifically because Ryan Gosling's character, his family are poor. They yeah, don't have poor. much, yeah. Whereas her family are rich. They come from money. They go yeah. to this particular location for, like, vacations. It's a vacation home that they've yeah. got, so it's not even their first home. I'm not sure if it's a plantation or not, or what it actually is, if it, or if it is the, just what, a holiday home. The one home. he buys is a plantation. It's an old plantation that's been uh, derelict, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, she, her family, are the ones with all the help. Yeah. But there, it does say a lot as well that there are no. I don't think there's actually any black characters with dialogue either. Oh, there was one. Uh, the maid but has some lines. Has one or two. But and then, oh no, in the but, in the in the present there as well. Most of the help in in the care home the is all black. Help even as well. in the help. Yeah. Even in the, sorry. Even in the present day. Yeah. All the nurses are black. Yeah. There's no white nurses. Yeah. And bear in mind that, that basically the house that they're being looked after in is the house that he rebuilds over the film. Yeah. So it's an old plantation and all the, let's say, help in that. Yeah, it's it, that is a dodgy look. Like, I didn't yeah. think of that. Co- comparing this to Dirty Dancing, which for, for, the, for the audience, you're not getting Dirty Dancing until Thursday. This comes out on the Tuesday. But we actually recorded them the opposite way around. Mm. Because here's what those two films have in common. They are both about a well-off woman meeting a, a man from the wrong side of the tracks. Yep. Except, I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying I didn't like this film. I did like this film. Baby's family are way more likable than Ali's family because there is no suggestion of them having help or <laughs> anything so, like that. I think, I think both films are set in, well, um, we're in the South. No, no, no. To be fair, it's up north, Dirty Dancing is. It's in, right. like, Vermont, isn't it? Well, that would have been under the Union, not the conf- yeah. um, Confederacy. Confederacy. But to be fair, both the Confederacy was way gone by this point, but they're both set in the 1960s. Yeah, but uh, let's be honest, the, the mindset of the Confederacy still lingers in the south. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, um, her family are hella hard to root for in this. Yeah, I uh, think her... So the plus, they never really get redeemed, whereas Baby's family get redeemed. Like, Jerry Orbach, one, saves that woman's life. Yeah. And two, admits when he's wrong with his bias. He's not actually a negative character, though. Yeah, whereas they are... The family are very much negative characters yeah. in this. Yeah, I mean, like, the mum is considered redeemed, but actually, she a bit of a bitch, to be honest. The dad never... The dad never gets seen again. He's only in the intro. We never see him later in the film, I don't think. No, he's only ever referred to. Yeah, and, like... So, he never has a chance at redemption. Yeah. Um, But he's... Mm. Yeah, he never has. A ch- he's clearly played as just asshole. Yeah. Uh, so very quickly for anyone who doesn't know, basically, mm. uh, Ryan Gosling is a working class guy. Uh, lives with his dad. His mum's out of the picture. I think is there a suggestion she's dead? Or they never really. Never I don't her? think they even mention her. Right. What this film does is when there's a when there's something weird, awkward, and it may be time relevant or not. Just glosses over it. Yeah, it does. It just goes. Well, there's no mum. Just get on with that. Right. There's like there's black help in the present and in the past. 
just get over it yeah. you know there's n- it it feels no need to pick apart its own story thread yeah um but basically he is working class he's you know a hard worker and seems like a good guy um but he's very well aware of his station in life you know he says later on doesn't he you know i'm never it's just not on the cards for me yeah because she's going to university isn't she she's from a wealthy family she's gonna go to university she's there for the summer it's a bit like greece summer loving had me a blast yes um they fall madly in love as you do um and one day they stay out too late till two in the morning and her parents call the police this is where the class elements become very apparent yeah um they're like he's trash he seems like a nice guy but he's trash he's and he's not you. right for you he's beneath you etc yeah. etc et um he decides to leave her because he's sort of like well look they, they're right I'm never going to be able to give you everything you could have if you married someone in your own class. Yeah. Um, this leads to an argument. She ends up leaving. He writes to her every day for a year, but her mum intercepts the letters. And hides them And away. hides them. Um, and eventually he gives in, moves on, and he buys this old... Pl- he, well, he gets sent to war, first of all, doesn't he? Yeah. And loses his friend um, in, in like, an explosion. Yeah. And... When he comes back, he buys... He is able to scrimp together enough money, thanks to his dad selling his house, uh, to buy a run-down, abandoned old plantation house. And it's been his dream to do up this house. Yeah, before this point, he has brought McAdams there when it's still a derelict... And she's put her ore in, basically going, well, I want it white with blue shutters. Yeah, and like a porch that goes all the way around and a room with a view that I can do my paintings from. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so he she's been there, but obviously not when it's complete. Yeah. He now buys the house, does it up, and he does it up with her spec in mind. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, back in New York where she's moved, she's in her third year at uni and she meets a, a new guy. I can't remember the guy's name, but the actor is James Marsden, yeah. Cyclops from the X-Men films, and or Donut Lord, Donut Lord from, from Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and uh, they're going to get married. They're engaged. They're going to get married. It's all yeah. fine. And then they one meet day, in war because he's injured, and it like he asks her on a date, and it turns out he's from money as well, isn't he? He's... Yes. So the parents approve of him. Yeah. He's the heir to a massive manufacturing corporation, isn't he? Yes. And by pure chance, while she's trying on her wedding dress, she sees a copy of... Why would they be getting a paper from that local area? (laughs) Or why would they be publishing a story about him rebuilding that house? Like in a local paper. Globally, yeah. She's she's in in New York, York, isn't she? And he's in, like, the south somewhere. Uh... In a one-road town. Yeah, it's it's meant to be like a you know a, a workman's sort of hard area. Yeah, it's, it's not definitely... like a suburb of New York because no. I could even then understand that. Yeah, if you're like, oh well, this is a suburb, kind of like how in Mansfield you can buy the Nottingham Post. Yeah, because it's the nearest big city. Sure, um, but it'd be like being down here and picking up a copy of the Mansfield, Mansfield Chad. Chad. Yeah, it's like why would that publish down here? Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, whatever they or do. Or the South End Echo in Mansfield, yeah. to be fair. But anyway, they do. They get the paper, and in it is a picture of Ryan Gosling, and it says, oh, local man does up old house. And she's like, I've got to go back to him. I've got to go get in touch with him. Yeah. She goes back to him. They spend a romantic time together, 
uh, all the kisses and the sex and all that. Yes. She gets mad at him. She's like, how come Steamy. you never wrote to me? We could have saved this. He's like, I did write to you. And she's like, well, I never got your letters. Uh, boom, the mum turns up and explains, yeah, I hit them all, blah, blah, blah. Gives them By the way, your dad has told your fiancé where you've gone, so he's yeah. going to be turning up here. And Rachel McAdams just kind of does nothing until all the pieces move around. Let's let me finish the plot before I start judging people. Yep. Um she ends up picking Noah. Obviously we all saw that come in. Yeah, she speaks to Donut Lord yeah. and uh, I'm just going to call him Donut Lord. There's no big fight. I was expecting no. there to be like an old-fashioned gentleman's duel. Well, he thing. says that, doesn't he? He says, I could I could kill him, I could fight him, yeah. or I could leave you. Either way, I don't get you. Fair so, play to Donut Lord for being non-toxic. Yeah, yeah, to be fair, that I will... I, to be fair, he's the one who comes off best in this film. Like, certainly from that time period, because yeah. even though yeah. she cheats on him, he's, he handles it like a boss. When she asks to go, he's not like... Um, where are you going? What are you doing? All he says is, "Are you okay?" Yep. And when she says she is, he goes, "Then that's fine." Yeah. Go and, and do what you need to do. Yeah. So this is the thing: is he is obviously a very good man. Mm. Uh, it, there's nothing toxic about him at all. She chooses a man that she argues with a lot, who she only really has had flings with. Yeah. As the man, and I think. We'll get on to that in a bit with the yeah, social yeah. commentary. Let's just wrap up with the last yeah. bit, which is all of the while all this has been going on, mm. this has actually got a wraparound story, which is two old folks in an old folks' home, James Garner and Gina Rowland. Yep. And he's reading her a story, and the story he's reading her is the story of Noah and Ali. And what you're supposed to not know at first, but I called it literally right at the start, is this is the future Noah and Ali. To be fair, they do signpost it a little bit by when they first go from uh, the the older couple mm. talking and then it goes into the past. Yeah. They're wearing the same visual colours yeah. of the outfits. Um, uh, so they do signpost it, yeah. to be fair. And they don't and, keep it a secret for long. No. And basically, elderly Ali has got dementia. Mm. And elderly Noah has moved into the care home with her, even though he's relatively fine. Yeah, he's also converted that house into a care home. Oh, it's the same house. It's the same house. I did not pick up on that. I will oh, admit. You know no, it's still it's got the white walls and the blue shutters and the. I didn't pick up on that. I'll, yeah. I'll fair play. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Um. And he reads this story to her over and over again. Because it sparks just enough of her memory that for a few minutes at a time, he could, every few days, he gets her back. Yeah. For a few minutes. Um, So let's talk about the film. I didn't hate the film. I liked the film. Yeah. It wasn't the touching romance that I've... Now, to be fair, this is overselling. Yeah. This is not a film I would consider a most romantic film of all time, like some people were doing. Yep. Um, all the emotion for me is in the elderly couple bit. I agree with you. And that's because I have got some experience in my family with dementia. Same here. I yeah. used to work in... Um, I obviously work in a hospital. And I used to work in the elderly medicine ward, and I typed letters for patients with dementia. I can honestly say... 
I would rather get pretty much any other disease than dementia. Yeah, it's terrifying. Isn't it? Um, it's horrible. Just you basically lose yourself. Yeah, yeah, and it's horrible to see happen. Uh, my grandma went a little bit with dementia, and I went to visit her one time, and she literally looked at me and didn't know who I was. Yep, and that broke my heart. And this film made me remember that those two actors are phenomenal. They are. Incredible. I mean, they've both had incredibly long careers. Yeah, but the, I mean, they they pull all the tricks out of the bag to make that work. Yeah, it's got a really typical ending. Like their bit is not a surprise. Oh, it's them. Oh, it is them, and they're older. Okay, fine. And then they end up dying together, don't they? Hand in hand in the bed. It's very cheesy, over sentimental, as they say, um, melodramatic ending. In yeah. that sense, in that it's, it's like gooey. oh, I've got, it's yeah. gooey. Yeah, but. They sell it enough that it works. Yeah, I've always argued. So, gooey is an interesting thing. So, sentimental. We used to, we had this argument on Jamie, your film taste sucks once, which is, I don't see sentimentality as a bad thing. No, don't get me wrong. I don't want every film to be this. Just like I don't want every film to be a superhero film. I don't want every film to be a western. I don't no, want every course. film to be a no, horror no. film. It, it, you, you need to be in the mood for it and you pick the yeah. genre accordingly. I don't like when people immediately look down on a film for being sentimental. I that don't pisses understand, me I off. I don't understand why you'd do that because it is a... G- it's it, part of the modern thing where emotions are embarrassing. Oh. Um, the actual Noah and Ali story is, is good and the acting's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both doing their accents pretty well because it can be dicey when actors who are not Southern do Southern accents. Yeah, yeah. Um, my thing is I did not find Ali mm. a very interesting or likable protagonist. Yeah. She is very inactive. She things... basically gets moved around by the waves of what everyone else yeah, is doing. Things happen to her. Yeah. And even at the end, when, when, when Ryan Gosling says to her, do what you want to do, you have to make a decision. She doesn't. It looks like, to me, I don't know if the cut is meant to make you suggest that she made the decision, but it looks a lot like James Marsden makes the decision. It does, yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Because he he sits next to her and goes, I don't want a fiancé who I have to convince... To love me. To love me. Yeah. And that that sounds like he's saying goodbye to her, to me. Yeah. Now, because the answer is, is, he says as well, he's only got three options and all of them lose her. Yeah. She's done that. By her actions, he has to make the decision for her. Because he could have just been like, well, you're mine, fuck you, and then gone there, smacked him in the face, like you could have beaten up Ryan Gosling, but never mind. Uh, but you He's know, fucking Cyclops, man. He, he doesn't have the laser eye. He didn't get the laser eyes yet. That isn't until you the... You don't know that. That's not until the early 2000s. You don't know that. <laughs> don't you know, that wasn't a special effect in X-Men. No, that was just... James what... Marsden can just do that. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, laser eyes. Yeah. It's like, it's like people... Why didn't he take down Robotnik then? It's like people think Hugh Jackman's claws are prosthetics. Nah, mate, that's Hugh. Yeah, well, he's a method actor, isn't he? Yeah. So he got he got adamantium spines put into his hands. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I see your point. Um, and I agree with you. The She's probably... I think she's the character done dirtiest by the story. Because while I understand her kind of... It's kind of weird as well because she's it, basically the same thing happens to her because even in the older part of the story, she's basically being moved around by other people, either by the nurses or by him uh, or, you know, something like She's basically being moved around and it's for her own good. And usually when it's someone who's older, you understand, you know, it's like, well, because she's got dementia, we need to make sure that she's in a safe environment, blah, blah, blah. But you realize that she's been treated the exact same way 
in the younger portion. She never takes responsibility. So in terms of how this is shot, yep, and like the sets and things like that, I think this looks pretty good. There's some very good sh- camera work in it. Cinematography's lovely um, in this Lots film. of lots of silhouetting, yep. stuff like that. The rain's nice. The rain sequence is very... There is something about Hollywood rain mm. that's romantic. I think it's very fine rain, isn't it, usually? So you can still see through it. But it, yeah, that's it. But it's well, they overly put milk saturated, in it, don't they? It? Do they? Yeah. Hollywood rain, they put milk in it so that you can actually see it on camera. Interesting. I That's, did not know that. Yeah, yeah. We did it in. Um, it was one of the few. Semi-skimmed ti- full fat. Well, it was one of the times. It was one of the few times I knew more about filmmaking than say Duncan. Right. When we were making the lurking fear, mm. there's obviously a bit where there's meant to be a leak in the roof that's dripping through. Yeah. And we did a couple takes, and Benton just wanted. So that was Benton's first ever film he directed. Yeah. And he just wanted to drop it from a rain can, uh, not a rain, a watering can. Yeah. And we're dropping it. And I'm 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 the one up on the ladder dropping it, and I'm thinking to myself, I bet you can't see this because it's a dimly lit scene anyway. Yeah. So I go downstairs, I, we we yell cut, and I go down the ladder, and I go to Benton. Can I see the rush? And he shows it me. I'm like, mate, you can't see this rain. And he goes, What should we do? And I said, Well, let's do what they do in Hollywood, which is mix milk in it. Just You'd a little, it would not go a lot. White, wouldn't you? But mm. but then it shows up on the film. Right. Is that's what it's reflecting. The, the problem with milk pro- yeah, milk. the problem yeah. with proper water is the light just goes through it. Yeah, but no, I liked some of the cinematography. This I loved the shot where she walks into James Marsden's place of work, and it's just this huge, oh. empty, cavernous space. Yeah, and it's like checkboard floor. Yeah, and you all you look at when you're British, you look at that and you go, "That's five flats being wasted mm. there," <laughs> or it's the. Or it's the shed of Buckingham Palace. Yeah, I know, innit? Jesus. Um, or the bit where she's in the bathtub with her veil on. And the way the bubbles are, it looks like she's wearing her wedding dress as well. Yeah, it's really smart. At first, I yeah. thought she was in the whole tub with her wedding dress. Yeah. And she's just, like, turning the tap on and off with her foot. Because she's obviously torn, isn't she? Mm. Sound was great. Oh, the music's like it's it, again. It's a melodramatic soundtrack, but it swells nicely in the right places. It's a very good soundtrack. Mm. Um, so, here's my issue. Yep. What gives, Jocelyn? What? Go on. Why are you not raging right now? Okay. Why are you not setting this house on fire? Because everything McAdams does in this yep. is the same thing John Cusack is doing in Serendipity. Somewhat engaged to be married, it's days before the yep. wedding day. Yep, sees a picture in a paper, or in this case, he finds that glove, doesn't he? That yep. reminds him of her and goes off searching for her. Yep, at least John Cusack breaks up with his wife before he stops Kate Beckinsale. That is true. So, where's the rage? So, I, you gotta get angry, you, you gotta, gotta get, get mean. mean. Allow but, me to explain, um, because you are right, you are 100% correct. And it does, I, I, from just explaining it that way, it does seem hypocritical. And sometimes right? it just is. I get it. Like, sometimes it just is. Yeah. Sometimes I could sit there and go, you could sit there and go to me, well, Jamie, why do you like, and I'm sure you will when we record it in a minute, well, Jamie, why do you like the physical comedy in Army of Darkness, but you don't like where Jim Carrey does it? And sometimes there is no reason. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, I don't know. I just like it better this way. Sure. Well, so to that explanation... Uh, number one, I don't want to get ragey anymore like I did on Serendipity. That was a very specific time uh, when we recorded that. It was a lot earlier than when we released it. Yeah. Um, 
and I was going through some shit, which I should not have brought to the team. Uh, number two, I, I don't feel that I was explaining my artistic viewpoints well enough. Uh, so all of that. But anyway, moving on past the fact that I find serendipity mm. a bit of an embarrassment in terms of how much I was raging, I still, again, stick by everything I said mm. as far as criticism of the film yeah. and the fact of why I was so angry with the narrative. So why is there an exception in this case? The reason is, is there's really not. Um, I'm not saying there's no hypocritical... Uh, I'm not hypocritical in this because you are right. I'm not raging. Even when we watched it, like with Serendipity, even if I was calm in the recording, I was not calm when we were watching it. No. I was calm when we watched this. There was no point where I was like, that bit, but I can explain it this way. You just don't like James Miles, and don't care if he gets cucked. <laughs> he gets cucked in every film. <laughs> to be fair, he does. To be fair, it's like watching a Sean Bean film and not being shocked when he dies. Yeah, You're it's like, like oh. they killed Sean Bean? Not Sean Bean. In fact, the one time I was shocked by Sean Bean in a film was when he was in Pixels. He's an irrelevant character and doesn't die. Oh, it's insane what a small part he is in Pixels. Yeah, it's like you've cast a great Isn't actor. Isn't he in like one scene? Yeah, and the thing is he's a general while they're uh, getting attacked by the centipedes yeah. and doesn't die. And I'm like, that's the perfect reason to bring him in is to kill him. Like, mm. what are you doing? Make it a matter, Joe. Like, yeah. the, Adam Sandler got it so wrong he didn't even kill Sean Bean. Mm. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is my favourite part of this, or the thing that really hits home for me, that makes me cry when I watch it. Made me cry this time. It's the well. old folks. It's the older actors. I... I have a. I, I really like Ryan Gosling as an actor. He sells it to me. And to be fair, Amy McAdams is a good actress as well. I've Rachel seen... McAdams. What? Rachel did McAdams. I... What did I say? Amy McAdams. Did I? I'm sorry about that. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Rachel McAdams is a great actress. Well, Amy um, McAdams is. Um... Is she no, real? Amy Adams was Lois Lane in Man of Steel, which we've only just recorded as right. well. Maybe so. Yeah. It's all blending for you. Oh no, it's terrible. Um, no, Rachel McAdams is uh, a very good actress. I've seen her in many things, and she's always great. So the differences in this is that I don't think there's any narcissism at play. Right. He is drawn to her, mm. Ryan Gosling's character. He genuinely loves her. Mm. And to be fair, I think I would be angrier if it wasn't for the older portions. Mm. I think that's something very... Because I've just remembered, he's cheating as well. I know he says he does... I know he says that woman doesn't mean anything to him. Yeah. But, but still. Yeah, yeah, he's a scumbag as well on that front. I think the reason is, is this film does something... Something very smart in the way that this film sets itself up that Serendipity doesn't do. Is that it shows you that they are the true romance. Because we know they're together still so many decades later. Right. So you know that them being together is the right choice, despite the difficulties. Serendipity doesn't do any of that. No, because there's no future portion. No. Um, it's so, asking you to accept on faith. Yeah, and to be that. fair, that's me getting played by the filmmaker because it doesn't... that The fact that that happens and that they are so good to each other that they stay together throughout all of time, which is beautiful in its own way, is really just a way to show and go, by the way, even though they're both cheating wankers, you know, it's all right. You know, and to be fair, I've been, I've been conned. You are right. Nick Cassavetes was set inside in the editing suite going, I'm going to get that roaring. I'm going to get that plumber. <laughs> um, but basically, I'll be honest, um, it's probably because, like any other film, young romance doesn't interest me. So, 
when I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, well, they've both been cheating. But the other thing as well is he's, he's been through trauma of war. So I forgive him a bit more. And to be fair, I do feel really sorry for the girl he's with. However, the one thing this film does better than Serendipity, and it was one of the positives you had for Serendipity, that this film, I think, does better, is that the people who are being cheated on... Are good people. Are good people. Yeah. They have no arrogance. The, like, again, James Marsden and... I don't know the actress's name. I don't either, I'm afraid. But they are both decent, open, honest, charitable people. In reality, those two are the best people in the film. Oh, yeah. Well, that poor war widow, you even get a scene where she's trying to make it more than just a sexual thing with Ryan Gosling. Yeah, it's like when she's you look trying at to show me, it's interest. like you're looking through me. It's yeah, like she's like here. suggesting things they could go and do together. And he is literally just like, no. And that's that's fine, that's fine. If both people are on board with that relationship, but she that's fine. More. But clearly she wants more. Yeah. Um, and, um, the thing is, is, it's because she's not the one, so he won't bother yeah. putting the effort in. So I have to admit, I don't think there's a difference personally. Um, but no, as no, no, you no. said, you like the way it's presented more. The present, the pr- uh, the presentation of this is better. This doesn't have Eugene Levy though. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that's not the bit I came for, and it's not the bit that hit home and made me cry. The bit that hit home and made me cry is the future segment. Now, there's no cheating going on there. That's just two old people that have lived a good, honest, loving life together. If you ignore the past segment pieces, of course. But they've lived a long time together. They've had kids together. She's gotten dementia and he's still there for her, even though it'd be easier for him to walk away and just leave her at the home. Um, That part of it strikes me. And the, you know, being, I'd, I'd like to think of myself as that guy who, if I found the woman of my dreams, if she had struggles and she had problems like that in you know i would be there to support and care for her no matter what again that's probably an ignorant thing there may be a point that i'm not aware of because i've not been in that situation where i have to cut off not everyone is strong enough to do that but again it's that thing where i would like to believe i'm that strong um and also where dementia has been involved in my family i have I'll be honest, not a huge amount, but I do have some uh, connection to that disease. Yeah. Uh, and I'd, I'd, actually, I'd like to, t- since this is a romantic episode, um, want to tell you about my granddad. Okay. Uh, my nan and granddad met during World War Two. Right. Uh, in Denmark. My nan was Danish. My granddad was uh, a, he worked for the RAF, but he was a driver, not a pilot. And after the war, he st- he got stationed to stay in Denmark temporarily. Something very little known about World War Two was once it was over and the Germans would had surrendered and everything was given up. A small contingent of British troops were left in Denmark mm. to make sure the Russians didn't invade. Yeah, they were basically a suicide squad. Right, their job was, and he, my grandfather was part of this. Their job was to basically. You could see, he said you could see the Russian fleet. It was huge. Mm. Uh, they had no chance. Like th- their job was, if the Russian fleet decided to come closer and invade, yeah, they were to ring British headquarters and say the invasion has begun. Let them know. And their job was to take a gun, run to the, run to the shore, 
and dire trying to fight back as many Russians as possible. Yeah. There'd been no hope. The size of that navy, they would have been wiped out immediately. Yeah. But that was their job. Um, and my granddad has a lot of other war stories. I won't go them into here. But the reason it's relevant is, so they met while he was in Denmark. They became a couple. When he came home, she came with him. Um, and she learned English. She learned the Queen's English. <laughs> like To the point where it was... She got frustrated when other people didn't speak the Queen's English. She was very proud of being British, even though, again, she was Danish in origin. They lived their whole lives together, and she died first. Mm. This is a couple of decades ago. Um, They, you know, were quite old by this point. She died first, and then he got dementia. Right. And one thing I always remember about him, despite his dementia and forgetting certain things, he never forgot her. Yeah. And he would always ask, like, the, he would. one of his big frustrations through dementia wasn't so much forgetting things, it wasn't so much anything else. His biggest frustration was that he was too well. Right. I'm not going to see her yet. I'm not sick enough. Yeah. And, you know, and he. it wasn't like he was trying to pretend to be sick he was very fit and healthy physically um and he kept himself fit and healthy physically but it wound him down emotionally that he woke up every morning and she wasn't there yeah after a year or so um he a couple of things happened like a water infection things like that he and he was very old he was in his 80s i believe at this point he got he got unwell enough that he was in hospital he was dying right mm. And he turned to my dad, and he would—he'd he, been told like he's incredibly ill, like he's not got long left. He turned to my dad and he said, uh, "I'm sick enough now, aren't I?" My dad was just like, "Yeah, yeah, you're you're sick enough now." Um, and he's got, and he smiled and he went, "Good, I can't wait." Yeah. And then for the rest of his stay there, which was only a few more days. He was having a laugh. He was the life and soul of the party for all the nurses in the hospital. Yeah. They loved seeing my granddad because he was just having a laugh with them. He's like, oh, I'm going to see my wife soon. It's going to be great. And he, he died happy because he knew he was going to see her soon. Yeah. Now, whether or not you believe in an afterlife yeah, or course, anything yeah. like that, that sort of ending, yeah. that's why the notebook connects to me. Right. It's not the Rachel McAdams finding herself behind a soon-to-be husband's back. I could yeah. not give a shit. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. That hits me every time. Right. Um. So, yeah, it's a little romantic story, a bit slice of reality, yeah. and how it connects to this film. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, my, I, I, will, I will give you my hypocrisy on forgiving the cheating in this yeah. film for that element of the film, yeah. which is obviously not the cheating itself. But yeah, you can't really say this film doesn't include cheating. Yeah, and I still like this. Film. And to be fair, most to be fair, a, a ridiculous amount of romance films do. Yeah, because as I, as I explained in as I said in Serendipity, the thing is, cheating is a fact of life. It happens. I think, to be honest, I don't want to sound pessimistic. I think it happens more now than it ever has done at any other point in history. It definitely seems to, doesn't it? Yeah, well, people have more access to it. As I said, yeah. I was talking to my friend Sophie the other day, and I said to her, like, you know, once upon a time, before, like, the internet existed, and before, like, travel was such a big thing, you were limited to the people in your town. 
Yeah. Which meant word got around, things like that. Um, now, everyone has Tinder, Bumble, etc., etc. The internet, chat rooms, all sorts of things. Well, I mean, even even if you think the 90s, travel was easy. Yeah. But if, when you were at home, you were at home. Yeah. There was no... Like, whereas now, when you're at home, like you can be on your phone behind chatting your partner's back chatting to someone else. Yeah. As... As some people have done. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't get angry when I see cheating in films. It's just, yeah, I think it's unfortunately that it's, it is sometimes glorified in films. It is very, that, um, that's what I felt about Serendipity. Yeah. Is that it, this I, doesn't really glorify it. No, I think it gets done as a narrative device a lot because mm. it's, let's be honest, in a romance film, you're sort of limited in the ways that you can. What's the one I'm looking for? The ways you can put uh, what's a the word threat I'm looking to the for? relationship. Yeah, threat or antagonism in because yes. you don't usually have an outright antagonist. Not like say fucking the Joker or something. <laughs> the Joker. I mean, that would be an interesting, just a romance film. But the Joker is the possible yeah. way of ending it. Um, so they add in things like, oh, well, actually, we're having to sneak around behind such and such as back, and it's and that a lot of films, as we said. Uh, today and we said it in serendipity some films get around that by making the person that's being cheated on obviously a dickhead yeah i mean one of, like well look they're a bad person they deserve this well one of the easiest ways of doing that though they don't tend to do it in romance films because it's too hard-lined would be to do something that's like in once were warriors mm. you don't feel sorry that that relationship has ended you're like oh that poor jake you know he lost his he lost his wife because he's you know, domestically abusive. Yeah. So because of that, you're just like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Get the hell out of there. Yeah. Um, she doesn't actually cheat, does she? She just leaves. But still, mm. it. the point is, is if anyone did cheat on Jake the Mask, you'd be like, well, yeah. Yeah. So in like three to tango, you don't feel bad that Neve Campbell and Matthew Perry are slowly falling in love because even though she's with Dylan McDermott, because you're shown multiple t- times throughout the film that Dylan McDermott is a cheating scumbag. Yeah. Because because Neve Campbell is his mistress. She's oh. not his wife. No, he's got a wife. She's the mist. She's the other woman. Right. Jesus. And he is so jealous and possessive. That he hires Matthew Perry, who he thinks is gay, mistakenly, right, to hang around with his mistress mm. to keep an eye on her and make sure she's not cheating on him with anyone else. Right. So it's okay for him to have two women, but she but can't. Not for her she's to have got two to be. Men. She's got to be monogamous. Yeah. Yeah. But she, where the mistake is, is Matthew Perry's character is not gay. Yeah. And he ends up falling. That's a common Campbell. trope with Matthew Perry characters. Mate. Oh my God, he's gay. I'm not no, joking. I'm not I, gay. I like Three to Tango. We're going to watch it at some point. Mm. But he is just playing Chandler. Yeah. it's The character's written like Chandler. He's just Chandler. Fair enough. And it's fine. It works. It's funny. Yeah. But he's just Chandler. That's <laughs> something that I will say about the proposal as well. Yeah. No cheating. No. No. Not a single part isn't, of it, anyone in the story. Isn't the at all. proposal? Is that the one where Sandy B um, is rich and she pays him to date her or something like that? No, no, no. Or threatens to fire him if he doesn't date her or something. So basically, what it is is she's a, a high flying business exec, mm. but she's Canadian. Right. Right. It's ironic because she plays a Canadian, he plays an American. But in but, reality, they're the other way around. Yeah, she's American, he's Canadian. Uh, however, the type of American he is, it turns out, is Alaskan, which is basically in Canada. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> either way, the point is, is she's actually a Canadian. She's not 
she can't be bothered to do any of the visa bullshit. Oh, she wants a green card. Yeah. And because she's let it expire for too long, mm. she's like, oh, we'll just fill out the paperwork now and we'll get it done with. They're like, no, we need you to go home for a year and then apply again. Right. And then the company she's working for are like, well, you, if you can't, if you're not, basically, if you don't have a green card to work in America, you actually legally cannot work for an American company either. Right. Which means that, so even, because she's like, oh, I can work, uh, you know, from remotely. home in Canada, yeah, remotely. And they're like, yeah, you can't legally work for an American company. So it's a company. film that shows its age a bit, because these days it'd be like, yeah, you can work remotely. Well, no, no, that's the thing. I think the issue in it isn't that she, it's that, it's the legality of her being Canadian and not having the right to work for an American business. Right. So she would lose her job. So he's her, um, like, basically her whipping boy. She gets him to do everything, run around for her. So she forces him to agree to marry her so she can get the green card. But uh, he then uses that because he's written a book, a really good manuscript, apparently, that she refuses to publish. So when... Uh, Basically, when this comes around, he's like, okay, I'll do it, but you need to publish my manuscript. And he's using it to get what he wants yeah. out of it. And eventually it becomes a romance. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But the good thing about that is that no one needs to cheat. Yeah. You've got, your antagonism is the fact that you've got, uh, not the FBI, who's the one who deals with internal green cards and shit in America? ICE. I think it might be. But there's Basically, there's an, uh, a federal officer yeah. who is... On their back, constantly yeah. trying to prove that they are faking. Not a real comp. Yeah. yeah, it's very similar to I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Yes, which is an Adam Sandler, Kevin James film, but a lot less uh, offensive. Yeah, where they. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know because I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I'm fairly certain yeah. Chuck and Larry is considered a bit offensive. Oh, it's very offensive. It's, loads of, it's, it's lots of gay men. stereotypes. Yeah, they, it's they're panic the movie. They're pretending to be gay. I don't remember why now. It's something to do with Kevin James's wife has died. And for legal reasons, he can't access her pension or something like that. Right. Or it's all going to get taken up. So for whatever reason, I don't remember what the reason is. They have to pretend to be gay for some legal reason. Sure. And Steve Buscemi is an agent of whatever department of the government whose job is to prove they're not gay. And this is where the offense comes in. Because like, there's a bit where like they walk in on him poking through their trash and he's like, it's not very gay trash. And they're like, what do you mean gay trash? And he's like, well, it's all like takeouts and things. Because, you know, the, the stereotype yeah, is yeah. gays are super in shape and, you know, look after themselves yeah. and things like that. Which is not, you know, there's it's all not, types of gay people. I, I knew a gay man who was very much not that. And so it's, it's like that. And then obviously the further complication is the lawyer that they hire to help them mm. is Jessica Beale. Right. And obviously as soon as Adam Sandler lays eyes on her, he's like, gong. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's it's got some real problems in it actually. Yeah. Anyway, maybe so... we'll do it one day. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a month of our most offensive movies. Yeah, anyway. but I mean it would be interesting to find more rom uh, romance films, rom-coms that sort of thing. I love rom-coms. Yeah, yeah, that don't include cheating as a the main mechanism for drama. Ah, oh, no, I need someone getting hurt. I don't think I actually have much more to say. I was fine with the performances in this. Yeah. Don't want to take anything away from them. Not my, they don't have the same chemistry for me that other rom-com couples have. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Cusack and Beckinsale and Serendipity. But to use Ryan Gosling himself, Ryan Gosling is in another film that we're going to do called Crazy Stupid Love. And he's also in La La Land, both times with Emma Stone. 
Hmm. Phenomenal chemistry with Emma Stone right. in both movies. Like I don't know what it is about them two together, but they've got right. Eat. Yeah, yeah. Like the some heat. some people just do as couple on, on like on screen couples, as you say. Mm. Um, something smouldering about them, which yes, smoulder. Yeah. Um, which surprisingly enough, generally we try to avoid nowadays in modern I know. movie making. I know. I don't... It's so tragic. It's like, I think actually, to be fair, I d- I'm not sh- some of it's avoidance, but I think not all of it is. I think some of it is just I have I would like to work with this actor and this actor. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if they really smolder off of each other in this scene or not. I, I think what it is is part of it, and this is where we sound old. Polls that they have... you got to remember, we're, we are aging out of being the ideal target demographic, oh, right? In fact, are. you already have, I think. Yeah, I think 35, 35 is the, the cut-off, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I'm not far away. Gen Z, who are the ones coming into being the ideal target demographic, mm. when they've done polls of Gen Z, romance plots are rated as the thing they least want to see in film. That's really weird. It's you really safe. I'm finally starting to get to that age where I'm like, you youngsters don't know shit. Because I don't get it. I just don't get why you wouldn't want human relationships in your movies. But hang on, hang on. Twilight was younger generation no, than me. It's my generation, Twilight. Right. Twilight was massive with my generation. So it, that's now aged out. Yeah, yeah. Twilight's old as fuck I was, now. I was, I was going to say, Twilight is garbage. Yeah. And the romance. And think about it. The, What's the modern equivalent to Twilight? There isn't one. La Nothing's La replaced it. No. La La Land's a drama and it's tragedy. Dra- uh, La La oh. Land is. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, they don't end up together. Right. There's no, like, tween franchise. Yeah, you're right. That is based on romance. They tried to launch a couple. Um, no one's interested. Like, yeah, they've even tried doing LGBT ones to be like, oh, look, this is fresh. We didn't do this. Like, they did Love, Simon and stuff like that. No one watched it. Right, they just want superhero shit. People just want franchises. Oh, people are garbage. I do think, I think I read somewhere that 2023, because I think Barbie is the highest selling film of the year. Yeah. And it's the first time, I think someone said in 15 years, that the highest selling film isn't a sequel or a remake. Yeah, but it's still a big franchise brand. Yeah. It's a brand name, should I say, rather than a Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. fully original IP, is it? No. It, like, even that, like, because if it was, like, I don't know, they called it Melanie, mm. and it was a fictional toy line. Yeah. You're telling me it would have gotten as many views no. as Barbie, even if it Absolutely was exactly the same not. film. Because no, Barbie not. got a lot of views from people who didn't know what the film was going to be, because I know them. I knew girls who were like, I'm going to go watch it because, you know, I played with Barbie as a kid. Yeah. I see Barbie, and I was like, oh, that's cool. It's not going to be that. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, it's Greta Gerwig. She doesn't make that kind of film. No, she doesn't she, make typical girly films. No, she makes these uh, feminist dramas, basically. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, of course. By all accounts, no, Barbie's but it's very not, good. It's, I it's seen not what it they yet. were expecting, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but anyway, anywho. Yeah, um, sure. I don't really have much more to say about no. The Notebook. No, I like The Notebook. Um, I th- it is definitely a flawed film. It is very much paint by numbers in certain elements and a little over dramatic. Uh, certainly that they die together. And yeah, I'm a little bit of the a hypocrite. classism is really heavy-handed in it as well. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I'm is. not saying that's a bad thing necessarily. Well, no, but it's very generally... heavy-handed. Yeah, I mean, again, they gloss over things quite mm. a lot, and then like we're supposed to just accept. There's no subtlety in this yeah. film. 
in any way, again, melodrama. Whoever made that review and called it melodrama is 100% right. Yeah. But it is very beautiful to look at. It sounds incredible. The performances are in, are very, very, very good. Yeah. Um, and for me, the adult section still land. Um, I forgive the cheating segments because at least they're not the bit I'm focusing on. But yeah. you are right. That does make me a smidge of a hypocrite. Yeah. I'm just busting your jobs. You can bust my jobs. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for another episode of Second Take Cinema. Thank you so much for listening. Please do like, share, subscribe, all the usual stuff that people ask you to do on the internet. Do not send money to the Prince of Nigeria. It's a scam. Always a scam. Remember that. Um, I've been seeing ones lately where it's like, Hi, I'm Michael Jackson. I'm actually still alive. Oh, I saw a couple of them. (laughs) like, dude, don't fall for it. How desperate is that? Um... How bad is it? Joe? I saw force for that one. They kind of deserve to be robbed. Yep. Um, you can also listen to our sister show, VGMP, the video game movie podcast, which is another film analysis podcast with a slightly more comedic bent, uh, focusing specifically on video game movies, ranging from everything from Sonic the Hedgehog to Super Mario Brothers to Final Fantasy, Silent Hill, Resident Evil, Legend of Zelda, the animated cartoon. Uh, Well, excuse me. Which is Uh, based on Steve Martin. In The Jerk. See, see, it's garbage. It's terrible. Don't, don't listen to that one. But we do also have some really good stuff. Some of the which, which is indie, like Black Heaven, which is one Black of the best Heaven, ones. Something that frame. Yeah, there's ones by people like David Cronenberg in Existence. Existence. We liked Uncharted. I know it weren't super popular with the general public, but we didn't mind it, did we? No, it was a bit of good fun. It yeah. wasn't, you know, it's not gonna last with you as a piece of. Uh, cinematic history but it's It's fun fun enough but anyway yeah that's vgmp so feel free to check that out and we will see you next time on second take cinema